From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller. Kamel King is out on assignment. As we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi a unique and fascinating place. Today, we'll start the road trip in Madison for the 17th Annual Jewish Film Festival. Then we'll head to Jackson for New Stage Theater's production of Hell in High Water. Next, we'll talk with Talamika Bryce about the Womanist Rally in downtown Jackson and end the show with singer-songwriter Seth Power. Plus, we've got a chance for you to win tickets to sing Ingle to see Engelbert Humperdinck live tonight at the Beau Rivage Resort and Casino in Biloxi. Hold on tight, we're going on a Mississippi ride here on Next Stop Mississippi. Can we get real for a second about New Year's resolutions? That tidy list of all the swell things we're going to do to make 2019 pretty darn perfect. Lose weight, quit smoking, save money. What if this year, instead, you simply determined to think in new ways? To learn one little thing every day. MPB Think Radio can help. Information that enhances your health, can inspire your finances, and uplift your spirits. Even opportunities to volunteer. All at mpbonline.org. Sometimes real is better than perfect. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org, riding solo as Kamel King is on assignment. But the show goes on. We continue as we do every Friday, traveling across the state, letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi such a good place to live. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show that today we are giving away two tickets to sing to see Engelbert Humperdinck. Do you guys remember him? He's performing live tonight at the Beau Rivage Resort and Casino in Biloxi. So if you are a fan of Humperdinck and you want tickets, this one is just for you. A little later in the show, we'll have some trivia questions about this 1960s balladeer. And if you're the first caller, hey, you're going to win tickets. You're going to be able to pick them up at Will Call. And we are really excited to share that opportunity with you later today. Now, as I mentioned, Mel is on the road, but I'm so pleased to have a special guest with me today, one of my colleagues from MississippiToday.org. You probably know her name, Serena Henderson. Hey, good to have you, Serena. Hey, Mayor Margaret. Thanks so much for having me in the studio. It's great to be here today. Yeah, so good to have you. It's uh, keeping keeping the... um the studio full and full of warm bodies, if you will. Now, this is our favorite hour of the day. We love being here at MPB, and we um, appreciate Michelle's work to always build a great show out for us. But there's only so much we can share within the hour, but we'd love to hear from you and learn a little bit about what's happening in your hometown and your neck of the woods, so to speak. So if there are events taking place this weekend that you want to uh, tell our listeners about, give us a call. That number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. That's one eight seven seven mpb ring Now, our first guests are in studio with us. So glad to have joining us live in studio, Peter Zaplatel and Dr. Daniel Waba with the 17th Annual Jewish Film Festival. Welcome back, guys. Thank you for having us. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, so good to have you. 17 years of of the Jewish Film Festival. You guys are specifically with Jewish Cinema Mississippi. So let's talk a little bit about the organization before we get into the festival. I'm happy to be co-chairing this year with Abram Orlansky. Um, it's my first year co-chairing, but we have um, a long tradition, 17 years of bringing quality international films to the Jackson community. This year, we've got four select films that Peter's going to be talking about, and we'll be showing them at the Grand, uh, the Malco Grandview in Madison starting next Thursday night. For anyone wanting information about the films or how to purchase tickets, you can find them on our website at www.jewishcinemams.com or on our Facebook page. Very nice. Very nice. Now, Peter, you um, play a large role in selecting the films. You've been involved in this for quite some time. My question is, you know, really, what separates Jewish film from other areas of filmmaking? Uh, Very good question. Uh, This is my third year uh, sharing the co-chairing the committee 
And uh, the separation is in the content. Mm. Okay. Now, of course, our first uh, criteria is that it is a good movie that will keep your attention. (laughs) (laughs) And the second is that it must have a strong Jewish content. Okay. Okay. Uh, There are many movies. Uh, For example, this year we really saw a good movie, which was uh, Budapest Noir. And uh, I recommend it to everybody to watch it because it's an excellent example of the genre. But the Jewish content was uh, minuscule. I see. So we did not put it on our list. But uh, all other movies that we have selected do have uh, that strong Jewish content. So it can't just be like a Jewish director or a Jewish main lead. No. You you really need to have that uh, historical context. Or are you also showing films that have like a modern twist? Uh, yes, very much so. And actually, that is the movie that will close the festival. And it's called A Quiet Heart. A Quiet Heart. Yes. Uh, that is from uh, present uh, Jerusalem that is becoming, according to the me- movie, uh, when it was done, it was done actually last year, mm-hmm. where the religious fanatism is taking over, or at least in that section uh, where our protagonist uh, lived, that makes their life really miserable for those who do not belong to that little enclave. Is it a hard film to watch? Um, I'm sure it's beautiful. I'm sure it's well done. It's not hard to watch, Mm -hmm. but it kind of opens up your eyes that it's not just what you hear in everyday news. There's more to the story Mm -hmm. than the headline. Correct. Real people. Precisely. Ah, beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, for you guys who you put, um, I mean, I'm probably a year's worth of energy into planning this festival. Um, talk a little bit about the motivation behind kind of sharing Jewish culture, uh, Jewish stories in through film. And I know you do that with programming uh, in a lot of different ways, probably within your families and communities. But what is it about this, the element of film that draws you to do this work? Well, uh, first of all, it's a story. Mm. Okay, uh, every good movie has a story. So that's what we look for. Is this a really good story that we can share that people will enjoy watching? And uh, back to Quiet Heart, it's a really, really good story. Uh, it will open up your eyes. And it will make you think. And I think, uh, um, maybe not fair to say, but actually it's a movie that will appeal the most to the NPR audiences. Okay. So you listeners out there, take note. Uh, (laughs) A Quiet Heart is uh, Tuesday's concluding film. Daniel, I think you said that is uh, next Tuesday or Tuesday the 29th. Tuesday the 29th. Thank you. Um, Well, let's talk a little bit about community and about um, the work of this this film festival. 17 years now, it it certainly must be resonating. Um, Who who comes out for the for the film festival and um, and where does it take place? If, if I can just say, I, I grew up here in Jackson, and I left for college and lived away for about 20 years and recently moved back, and this is one of the best experiences that I've um, that I've participated in in the last two years. Wow. It's a way for us to really connect with the community. Um, we have people coming out from and driving from hours away to come in, and especially after mm. the Tree of Life um, incident in Pittsburgh, the community has really come out in support of Beth Israel and uh, the Jewish community here in Jackson, and, and this is a great way to come out and show support. All of the movies have strong Jewish content, but they have characters, and they have plots, and they have themes that resonate with everybody, and um, 
getting dressed up and going out to the Malco Grandview to watch a great film with great people is always a fun event every year. And the selection committee works hard year-round. We screen, Peter, I don't know how many films, but we had over 100 different reviews from the team of people. So this is going on all year-round. We're really proud of the four selections this year. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about some of the other films. You'll open up Thursday evening, the 24th of January, with a showing of the German film Bye Bye Germany. Yes. <laughs> well, it's a very interesting uh, movie because it shows a group of uh, Jews who just came back from uh, the concentration camps. They returned to their place that where they used to live, but that place is gone because of the war. So they aim, they think what they are concentrating on is, let's get to America. And uh, for that, of course, they need money. So uh, the question is, how do they make money? Well, uh, and this is really interesting because the first Jews who came to Mississippi were peddlers. So they decide to start peddling, and what they are peddling is the uh, linen. Yes. <laughs> so, and how they go about it, it's quite uh, humorous <laughs> because, <laughs> well, they are selling. <laughs> And I think it's uh, the lightest movie from the whole selection. Sure, a nice way to open up. And I love yes. that you made the Mississippi connection because we do have like a really strong history of mm-hmm. uh, Jewish community and culture in Mississippi. And to think that, you know, this is a universal story uh, about um, uh, Jewish life, uh, both in America and in Germany, right? Right. So uh, another movie, and I think this is really the strongest one, is uh, The Last Suit. Okay. okay. The Last Suit. Yes, like uh, clothes. Uh, and it involves a tailor who survived Holocaust. He returns from uh, the concentration camp. And uh, he is helped by one of his friends, a neighbor, who were very close friends, who is not Jewish. Mm. And uh, he uh, nurses him back to life, really. And eventually, uh, our hero uh, immigrates to Argentina. But before the end of his life, when he's in his 80s, he decides that he really, really needs to reconnect with his friend. So he goes on this journey. He goes on this journey because his three daughters kind of let him go. They want to put him into a nursing home, and he just cannot take it. So uh, there is a little bit of King Lear story running through, but uh, and there is a moment when his youngest daughter, like in Shakespeare, uh, separates from her father, but then there is a shot in that movie when we see his tattooed number mm. on her arm. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, he decides to go to the Polish city large, and uh, but he has only one uh, task in front of him: How do I get to Germany? I'm sorry. How do I get to Poland without going through Germany? He just couldn't take it, so he takes a tour through France, Belgium. Oh, I'm sure it's a beautiful <laughs> film. It is. And uh, it's really heartwarming because of the people he meets on his uh, way there. Sure, sure. 
Well, that, this is wonderful. You do have one more film as part of the festival, G.I. Jews, the Jewish Americans in World War II. All military personnel and veterans and their families are welcome for free uh, to this particular showing. So appreciate that um, gesture, absolutely. Danielle, will you remind our listeners where they can go to learn more about the festival and when it takes place? Sure. Uh, the festival starts Thursday night with Bye Bye Germany, and that's January 24th, so next Thursday, followed by the last suit on Saturday, um, the 26th. The Sunday matinee is at 2 p.m., and it's free admission to anyone active military or veteran with ID, and that's GI Jews. And then we end up with a quiet heart on Tuesday, um, the 29th. All shows are at the Malco Grandview in Madison. The evening shows are at 7. The matinee, again, is at 2 o'clock. And for information about sponsorship or tickets, you can find us on the website at www.jewishcinemas.com. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you both so much for being our guest on Next Stop Mississippi this morning. And best of luck to you. It is time for us to take our first break. But when we get back, we'll welcome Francine Thomas Reynolds, director of New Stage Theater's production, Helen Highwater. Don't go far. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Just log on to our website at mpbonline.org to get started. This is MPB Think Radio. Can we get real for a second about New Year's resolutions? That tidy list of all the swell things we're going to do to make 2019 pretty darn perfect. Lose weight, quit smoking, save money. What if this year, instead, you simply determined to think in new ways? To learn one little thing every day. MPB Think Radio can help. Information that enhances your health, can inspire your finances, and uplift your spirits. Even opportunities to volunteer. All at mpbonline.org. Sometimes real is better than perfect. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org. Joined in studio by Serena Henderson with Mississippi Today. Kamel King is on assignment. Before the break, we spoke with Peter Zapatel and Dr. Daniel Waba for the 17th Annual Jewish Film Festival. We learned a lot about the features they have this year as part of their 17th year of the Jewish Film Festival and um, just an incredible celebration of Jewish culture and Jewish film. So make sure to check them out online and uh, see which one you want to view this year. Now, really pleased to have in the studio with us today director of Hell and High Water Francine Thomas Reynolds with New Stage Theater and also joining us on the phone lines uh, in just a bit Vastai Jackson. Of course, you know him. He's the great blues musician and Mississippian. Francine, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So it's you're always a great guest because oh. you're just into f- something fun and new. And wow, Helen High Water is just super innovative. It's such a cool Mississippi story. And from what I can tell, the way you're presenting it is just really exciting. Well, it, it's the type of show that I love to work on, and it just is so exciting to bring something that is about Mississippi, and it's based on some actual real events. There's some fictionalized characters in the play, but there are also some characters that actually lived and breathed in Greenville, Mississippi in 1927 um, in April when the Great Flood hit Greenville, Mississippi. Yeah, so this show particularly is is exclusively about the Great Flood of 1927. So will you give 
give our listeners sort of that big picture view? Right. And if it were just about the flood, I mean, it's about more. If it was, it, we don't want it to be like a textbook. Mm-hmm. So there's um, two father and son relationships. There's um, Leroy Percy, a real person, and Will Alexander Percy, a real person. And then Joe Gooden, a African-American boot black, and his son, James Gooden. And James Gooden is based on an actual person. Now, we don't know anything about James Gooden. We just know what happened to him in 1927 when he resisted the National Guard's efforts to get him to work on the levee. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, and we, we do know the Percy name, right. both uh, well-known Mississippi authors. So, and, and who wrote this play? Is this the name of the um, author of the play is Marcus Gardley, and he wrote the play under the title of On the Levy, and it has pl- been played, it was produced once, and it was produced as a workshop in the Lincoln Center Theater 3, which was a, a showcase for emerging playwrights, and that was in 2011. And I have been interested in it since then. I believe Patty Carr Black, who used to be at the Mississippi Department of Archives and History, told me about the play because it's really all about Mississippi and the culture, culture of Mississippi. And um, I paid attention to it and then it got its name changed. And we read it in our Mississippi play series last season as a public reading. And the audience really seemed to enjoy it because it's funny also and it's poetic and it has music in it and there's a love story in it. It's got everything. And of course, it's, it's got tragedy and devastation caused by Mother Nature and how people rise up and overcome that tragedy or succumb to that tragic event. Now, one thing I read about this particular um, production is that it's it's a visual exploration right. as, as much as anything. Can right. you tell a little right. about that? Yeah. Um, how do you uh, portray the levee and uh, the Mississippi River and it breaking the levee on stage? Um, you can't attempt to do all of that. You can use projections some. Um, I decided that I didn't want to do too many projections or to do fancy, fancy kind of contemporary technical things. I wanted to make it a true theatrical event in the art of storytelling. And so the ensemble, which is a great group of actors, they play their main characters, but they also play the ensemble. They personify the water through music and movement. We have a great choreographer, Tiffany Jefferson, Mm -hmm. and then we have Vastai Jackson, who's in the show, who plays in the show, but also has composed and arranged the music, and he's the music director. So the ensemble becomes the river through sound and through movement, and it's actually really interesting. And we use things like fog and dry ice to create the effect and the impact of an amount of water that was two times the size of Niagara Falls when it broke through the levee. I mean, it was learning about the flood has been great because I found out that so many people didn't know about it and its impact on our um, on the state, its impact on society as a whole, because it spurred some of the people from Mississippi to join the Great Migration to Chicago and Detroit. Um, so learning about it and trying to portray it has been lots of fun. We're halfway through rehearsals. The ensemble has been game to try anything, and um, they become great storytellers throughout the play. That's great. Uh, Francine, joining us on the line now, we do have Vastai Jackson. Vastai, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Mary Margaret. Good to hear your lovely voice again. I know it's so good to hear your voice, my old friend. Of course, uh, we all know you, Vastai, as an award-winning musician, a world-renowned musician, and also just a great Mississippi historian. I mean, you are a, a music historian as as much as you are a, a gentleman and a and a great musician. Can you talk a little bit about your your experience in? in doing exactly what Francine has just described, creating an ensemble and a score of music that represents water and nature and these things we don't often think of associated with, uh, with music. Well, I am so wonderfully blessed by God for Francine to actually contact me and invite me to be a part of this. I'd like to say that first. Now, um, you know quite a bit about my character and personality, so all things in life is music to me. Right. The train, the rain, the cars, and everything. So to have the opportunity to immerse myself in a production such as this, and when Francine sent me the script, and we talked, she said, well, we don't have a video of it, and there's not a score. So this is what I might need you to do. And after I read the script, of course, I get excited. And I was like, oh, yeah. And so my imagination began to just run faster and more intensely. And um, 
the visuals that came to mind by reading the script evoked emotion. Of course, that sort of turned into sound in my head, rhythm, melody, and such. So for me, uh, it is, you know, these, these types of things are really my happy place. And uh, I love being in front of an audience, of course, but when I'm alone and, you know, the spirit of the gift of music that God, God has given me is connecting with ideas that tie our people together, Mississippians, this true story. You see, it's so much for the audience to actually feast upon sonically and visually. And for, for me, uh, also doing the research, because I had to go back and research the music, some of this music of, you know, the 20s, of the 30s. And just to give a little hint, not to give much away, it's not all what we would call just Delta Blues, hmm. you see. So it, it gives me the ability to reach beyond, I would say, sometimes what people sort of think as, you know, the status quo of Mississippi music. Now, a question for you both. I mean, we know that the music is a central part of, of this production, but it's not a musical. It's not a musical at all. I mean, it, it's it's not where you stop and sing a song. It is really just part of the fabric of everyday life for these people. Um, and, and it's so much fun to work with Vast Eye. Sometimes as actors and as directors, we have three weeks to put up a show, and so we want to get to the end. We want to make sure that we've got it all solved, and we want to make sure that we have it all set and ready and nothing wrong can happen. Well, of course, things always happen in live performance. And Vast Eye is a true artist, and, and, and we're all artists, but he's like trying new things all the time, and, it, and it's great because it creates that collaborative effort that I think this type of show needs to to play to our Mississippi audiences. So beautiful. I know you've all been very inspired by working together and uh, sharing the story of the Mississippi flood, probably in a way maybe we haven't experienced. Like I said, I was so surprised last season when we read the play and and a lot of young people and older people, too, didn't know about the flood. And I mean... Now, history says I've read so many different accounts of the flood. Some history, some accounts say 250 people died. Some say 1,000. Some say 1,000 people were stranded on the levee. Some say 180,000. So it's an event that's not, you know, truly um, easy to find all the true facts. But thousands of people were stranded on that levee for more than two months, and Greenville was underwater. I mean, only the high ground was unaffected, and it it was affected and impacted. So it's just been fascinating, and I have, we've partnered with several organizations in town. If I have time, I just want to say who they are. They're the Mississippi Humanities Council, the William Winter Institute of Racial Reconciliation, the Margaret Walker Center at Jackson State University, and the Mississippi Department of Archives in history and so we've delved into their collection of photographs that's help us that helps us see the true picture and we're going to have an exhibit of those photographs in our downstairs lobby for the performances that's wonderful now um, several um, uh, attendees of the of the weekly Mississippi Department of Archives and history lecture history is lunch got a little uh, taste a little preview of the performance um, this past Wednesday a lot of really nice feedback on Facebook and on social media about that but the actual production begins January 29th that's correct is that correct yeah um, talk a little bit about the run and mm-hmm. where uh, folks can go to get tickets yeah yeah and it was fun at a Wednesday at the museums because people laughed. And I mean, there's a lot of humor in the show, too, of course. Um, It opens January 29th and runs February 10th. They can go to our website, newstagetheater.com, or call our box office, 601-948-3533. And we have a a lot of special events, like we have a Jackson State University night where there's discounted tickets on January 31st for those people with the JSU ID. And we'll have Robbie Luckett of the Margaret Walker Center there and Rolando Hertz from Cleveland, Mississippi there. And Vastai will be presenting, too, before the show in a panel of information about the show and about the history of the flood. So more context. Right, right. Really nice, really nice. So I I love this. This is about Mississippi history. It's about the flood. It's about um, 
relationships, father and son relationships, which are just a fascinating and complicated thing to begin with. And it's about the blues. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I hope people from all over Mississippi come, especially the Delta. People will definitely be able to find their um, their their entry, their interest uh, with a production like this. Vastai, any closing thoughts as we head into break? Well, I just like to say this is for everyone. And there are the musical culture of Mississippi. Uh, you know, I'll just I'll say this a little bit for all the church going folks. Y'all need to come <laughs> because there's some great stuff that references the, 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 the religious culture in Mississippi. Right, you yeah. know, because uh, and all the people who like uh, country music, y'all need to come, too, because there are things that tie all those three elements. I call the Trinity of Mississippi music anyway, which is blues, gospel and country. So uh, from a cultural perspective, that's all incorporated. And even though it says hell and high water, there are moments <laughs> of heaven within this place that people will be rejuvenated. There's some levity in it. So just everybody come out. We got a long run. We want to see you one or more of those days. That's beautiful. I'm going to take that to the bank about the Trinity of Mississippi music, gospel, country, and blues. Always some revelation when you talk with Vast Eye Jackson. Thank you both, Francine, Vast Eye, for being on the show with us. Thank you. It's called Hell and High Water. It begins January 29 at New Stage Theater. Please um, go online and learn a little bit more. It is time for us to take another quick break, but before we go, it's time for the trivia question to win the Engelbert Humberdink tickets for his live performance tonight, Friday night, at the Beau Rivage Resort and Casino in Biloxi. Engelbert Humperdinck is an English pop singer pop singer, and has been described as one of the finest middle-of-the-road balladeers around. Wow, middle-of-the-road, what a compliment. Um, <laughs> his single, Release Me, came out in what year? So there's your trivia question to win the two tickets. His single, Release Me, came out in what year? If you know the answer, call us right now at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, and you and a guest will be watching him tonight at the Beau Rivage in Biloxi. All right, stick around. When we get back, we'll welcome Talamika Bryce, event chair for Jackson's first Womenist Rally. Plus, we'll have the answer to the question when we return. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Running a business requires smart decisions every day. Make a good decision for your company today and reach MPB listeners through MPB program underwriting. For more information, go to mpbonline.org underwriting. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Thank you for the Whitney. Michelle, that's a good way to start the day. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org. Before the break, we spoke with Francine Thomas Reynolds and Vasti Jackson about Hell and High Water, the latest production coming to New Stage Theater, a really great show about uh, the 1927 flood in Mississippi, but also about relationships, about survival, uh, and a lot about music. So uh, those of you who, who are interested in the cultural history of Mississippi will certainly um, enjoy Hell and High Water. Now, happy to welcome to the show business owner, artist, mother, all-around Renaissance woman, <laughs> Talamika Bryce. Good to see you. Thank you so much for having me. Talamika, you are always into something. <laughs> you're always creating something. You're always Really, you're a mover and a shaker. Uh, this womanist rally is is your latest big project. It is. It uh, kind of came about with uh, the work that I've done with the Women's March over the past couple of years, and I was just really thinking about the span of things when the um, Women's March happened in 2017. I was pregnant and, and on the steps watching these women go out and give their hearts, and here we are now. My daughter is 19 months old. 
And um, I'm the one behind the scenes putting it all together. So I'm just very grateful and, and thankful and, and blessed to be here. Well, that's that's wonderful. And and a lot a lot of reason to do that. I mean, for yourself, for the other women in your life, but now for a young daughter. Um, talk a little bit. I've seen your posters around town. They look great. Thank Everything you. is uh, is beautifully done. But let's talk a little bit about how this womanist rally differs from what we did in 17 with the Women's March. Well, it's kind of an evolution. Ah, that's a nice way to put it. Honestly, uh, when that day that I was at the Women's March in 2017, I was pregnant with my daughter and there's a photo like CNN uh, just ran a little bit on us again. Um, Yesterday was published yesterday on their website. It's a photo of me being pregnant, standing next to my mom, holding a photo of my grandmother. Wow. And it's four generations in one shot. So with this womanist rally, one of the things that I'm learning about being a black woman and giving birth to a black woman and just that legacy of everything behind us is changing the narrative. Because sometimes we get caught up on the roles, the way that we came to America and just standing in it. And um, finding the joy and the, the the good places in it. Because they did not take slaves from Africa. They took engineers. They took architects. They took beautiful, wonderful people. And I was having a conversation with one of my uh, presenters. And we got to the point who's Jewish. And she was telling me where she was in her life. It was not um, but, but and. Like, we were this but. We are this and, mm. and that is where I am right now with this womanist rally. It's not a 501c3 yet. It's just me. And what I think, well, what I, I, what I did not know was my own power. And what I want to, to really speak into other women is that own power. Like, I am a mom. I have two children. I have fur babies. I am the wife of a veteran. I do own a small business. All the branding for the event, I did myself. So all of these different pieces and parts, like we have the capability to build a bigger, better, much bolder society that is equal for all. And that's the whole premise behind the Womanist Rally. That's really interesting and a lot to take in. But I mean, I think one thing I'm hearing you say is like this, you know, is not really it is partly about a political movement. Right. But it is also about a personal movement. It is because everything that we do in a sense is political when it comes to our policies, when it comes to the water that we drink, the air that we breathe. Politics is involved within it. So and politics is involved in motherhood. Oh, absolutely. With uh, our child care, the rising cost of our child care, when it comes to equal pay for women, uh, those are all things that affect our everyday life and everything that we're moving in front of. So it is political. To breathe is to be into politics. True. It really is. So whenever we, as Mississippians, one of the things that I look at is, you know, we, we all invest in this government. Whenever you buy something for a dollar and that's seven cents, you have put seven cents into this. That's your money. That's your investment. So what do you want out of it? And if you're not seeing it on the front lines, you have the power to move and create the change that you want. Absolutely. No, I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate the energy you're really continuing to bring into women in Mississippi, women in Jackson. Um, I was in New Orleans for the, the, the rally in 17 and had a wonderful experience. Part of me regrets I wasn't here in my, my home space, but um, but glad to know that, that you're doing this this year. Now, um, talk a little bit about the day of. So what all are you putting into this actual rally? Well, the, the rally transformed in a slide that's happened over the past 30 days, sure. actually. And there are things that apparently there's going to be a next year. but um, <laughs> Already a next year. That's a sign of success. Yeah, there's going to be a next year. But we have a great uh, layout of speakers. Rita B. is our uh, MC. Uh, our first lady, Ebony Lumumba, is a speaker. Oh, wow. Two have, dynamos. Yeah. Felicia Brown-Wright with Planned Parenthood will be there. And we also, like, we have what's going on in the future, but we also have our history with Flunzy Brown-Wright will be one of our closing speakers. It's open and inclusive to all. The whole thing with the Womanist Rally is to amplify voices of women of color that sometimes get left out of the narrative. But we are the ones that really pick up the pieces and support. We have supported America for a long time. So with the Womanist 
rally. My focus is on women of color, on their voices, but it is open and inclusive and available to all. And I'd love to see everyone there. Absolutely. And I've failed to say that the rally is this Saturday, January 19th. It is. And uh, it was initially at the state capitol, but because of rain, we've moved it to the Coondy Compound, which is at 3220 North State Street. Oh, yeah. Right in the heart of Fondren. Um, yes. Easy to find and uh, a wonderful way to kind of spend your day. You get kicked off around 11? Around 11. We're going to go to 11 to 1-ish. Um it just kind of depends. We have space in there for speakers to do their own thing. We have Pam Coffer. She's going to offer some music as well as some words. So it's going to be a great layout. Beautiful. Again, you mentioned um, comedian Rita B. will be your host. You'll have um, First Lady of Jackson, Ebony Lumumba as a speaker. Uh, Felicia Brown-Williams with Planned Parenthood. Flonzi Wright, who is a wonderful civil rights veteran and historian in her own right. And what an incredible sort of yin and yang. Um, Alpha and Omega of Voices. So great job on that. Thank you. Thank you. Talamiga Bryce, it's great to have you uh, on the show in the studio. Give us a website or a Facebook page where we can go and learn more about how to get involved tomorrow. Well, you can find the Facebook event, uh, Womanist Rally. You can look at everything. You can find our calls, get some T-shirts, all that good stuff at womanistrally.com. All right. And that's W-O-M-A-N. I-S-T rally.com. Yes, ma'am. Beautiful. Thank Thank you so much for being in studio today. It is time for our last break, but when we return, we'll wrap up the show with singer-songwriter Seth Power. Don't go far because you definitely don't want to miss what's coming up on Next Stop Mississippi here on MPB Think Radio. MPB would like to thank Daniel, Coker, Horton, and Bell and the Mississippi Healthcare Alliance for underwriting MPB programs. Your company can be an underwriter, too. Find out more. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi. The voice you hear over your audio channels is Seth Power. It's one of his new songs, Notice, featured here on our show, Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org, and it is time for our musical segment. This is our favorite part of the show, (laughs) and we are so pleased to have with us in studio Seth Power. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you all for having me. Wow, what a beautiful song, Seth. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was listening to some of your music this morning, but I did not come across Notice, which is what we just heard Mm -hmm. uh, coming in. Talk a little bit about this tune. Yeah, um, I wrote this one, uh, let's see, it was a couple years ago, actually. It's funny how long it takes, um, you know, to go from the moment of writing a song to actually recording it and getting in the studio and doing all that and then releasing it. Um, So a lot of people, when they hear a new song, they assume that it's about very current events, when in reality (laughs) it was like, you know, years (laughs) have gone by. Um, I feel like I'm over it. Yeah, yeah, right, it's not new to me. (laughs) Um, But no, I I really love the way these came out. the song itself was written uh, really 
just because I'd been seeing this girl for a long time who I'm engaged to now. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and it was, it's, I don't know if you listen to the lyrics, it's basically just about, um, like right there in the chorus, it says, you know, the mistakes that we made made us this way. So let's just forgive and forget. It's basically just about putting the past behind you and focusing on the present and the future and not always looking over your shoulder and playing the what if game. Um, and I, I was just driving home from Hattiesburg one night and, um, a lot of songs come to me away from a guitar. Uh, and that one was one of those that just kind of floated down, you know, from the sky. And suddenly I had a melody in my head. And, and when I got home is when I actually put it to music and that was how I was born. What do you do in a case like that? Do you, do you pull over like to the shoulder and like write some things down or you just like hold on to it, like turn off the stereo so you don't get, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't listen in- to any, yeah, no, no music can happen at that point. Um, I just, my voice memos are completely full. You mean like on your iPhone? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just, they hold every thought and melody I've ever had really. I have them backed up to like three different devices so that if something <laughs> happens to my phone, I'm not without songs anymore. Um, but yeah, I usually just turn it on um, and sing or hum or, you know, you know, lay a beat down or something into my phone. And it's all uh, from there. I just, you know, I can actually take those little bitty files and move them into a um, digital audio workplace like Logic or Pro Tools and just move them around and cut them up and drag them around. And that's how a lot of demos are born. And then that's basically the starting point of a song uh, from there. So I, I love hearing about people's creative processes, yeah. you know, because it's, um, you know, I think we have this like notion of like a singer songwriter, like on a back porch with like a notebook <laughs> and a pencil, but yeah. really, you know, you're a working musician. Yeah. You're on the road, you're making use of technology, mm-hmm. um, writing on the fly. Of course, a lot of, you know, goes into that. Um, yeah. Now, Seth, we've had you on the show before, but tell our listeners a little bit about you. You're a Mississippian. I am. Yeah, I'm from here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, I'm a first generation Mississippian. So my dad is from New York. My mom was born in Iowa. They both came down here for uh, work. Um, but yeah, so I, I grew up in Brandon, Mississippi. Um, I, my entire life, I've, I've always been attracted to music, but I've, I've done a lot of things. I was in, uh, primarily an athlete growing up. Uh, music was really something that I developed kind of under the surface, uh, as in like it was a very private thing, whereas athletics and everything else was a very public thing. Sure. Um, so when I started making the transition out of, I went and um, walked on for a year at Mississippi State. I know it don't look like it anymore. I weighed 30 more pounds back then. What was the um, sport? Football? Football, yeah. Okay. Um, and I only did that for about a year because it, it became clear quickly that that wasn't what I needed to be doing, um, nor did I want to continuously get my head back in every day. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was after that, that the music started to really emerge. I started playing a lot more shows, um, and doing all that. And that was really the point when, uh, things kind of switched for me and I made the decision that I'm going to pursue music now. Um, even though I'd been doing it since I was eight years old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, other than that, I mean, you know, pretty standard, uh, middle-class <laughs> <laughs> life, you know, grew up, went to Brandon high school. Um, you know, all my friends are from here. Uh, my fiance is from Brandon. That's great. Um, That's yeah, great. So. Now you've had a couple of albums before, but you're working on a new album now. I mm-hmm. notice is all is is part of this it's new album. It, yes. um, tell us more about what what this new album's like. Maybe how it's different than what we've heard in the past. Uh, I think it's better. But I, you know, as a songwriter, you think every new song is your best song. Um, but I partnered up with. Um, Crown Studios in Jackson. I don't know if y'all are familiar. Um, Silas, you know, the hip-hop artist who just got Absolutely, signed. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he recorded his album at, at uh, Crown. Great. Uh, with Shell. And um, Shell and I have become great friends, and we were introduced through a mutual friend. And that was really how the relationship started. And what's funny is I went to him and I said, I, I have like three or four songs I really want to record. And then that turned into like 15. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I got hit all of a sudden with just a whole new wave of stuff. And I was like, man, we have to do this. Studio will do that to yeah, you, right? Being in that space um, really opened up a lot of new doors for me. And working with him really opened up a lot of new possibilities for me as an artist because of uh, just his enthusiasm as an engineer and as a producer. Um, so yeah, it started off as let's do a few songs and now I'm doing, I'm releasing a deluxe album later this year that's going to have like 17 tracks on it. Oh so, my goodness. Yeah. It's, that's a it's huge undertaking. Grown. Yeah, it's grown quite a lot. And we're we're getting pretty close. Um, I've been wanting to explain kind of how the album is coming out. Uh, the first 
uh, side of the album came out in December, a little over a month the ago. The A side, yeah, I saw that. Exactly, okay, yeah, um, and so that's four songs, and then I'm about to release another four songs, um, and then from there I'll release the full deluxe album, um, and that will be about 17 tracks with interludes and some like three or four new songs as well. Um, and it was, you know, I, I liked the idea of kind of rolling the same project out in waves, but it was also, I mean, honestly, um, a, a matter of like. I have this much money and this much time so we can work on this many songs at this point. And that's just the reality of it that, you, you know, when you're not working with a label or anything and you don't have checks coming in from, you know, Absolutely. somewhere in LA, then you, <laughs> you just got to figure it out. Um, and, and I'm sure your fans are really enjoying that as well. So we yeah. get to sort of reap the benefits of new music mm-hmm. and sort of this churn of, of nice new sounds. Yeah. Um, but you kind of get to stretch out your, your dollar a bit. Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, and also, it's it's fun artistically and creatively to figure out how I'm going to group the songs and what we're gonna what we're gonna do because this first side is very it's very chill it's very kind of um, it reminds me of winter which is one of the reasons I I wanted to release these songs in the winter um, it kind of has that like cozy up by fire type feel to it um, but what's funny is that the single that I'm about to release as a part of the new side. Um, I did a music video with uh, Mad Genius. I don't know if y'all are familiar with them. But absolutely, they do, yeah, sure. They do amazing work. Great creative firm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, I mean, it's like the energy is way, way, way up. Um, That's exciting. It's, it's definitely the biggest, kind of boldest, most audacious song I've done. Um, so I'm excited. Perfect uh, for spring as we get a little spring, more bold, yeah. break out of our winter blues. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Seth, we're, we're running out of time. So I do want to make sure that you're able to tell our listeners where they can go and find your music yeah. um, and learn more about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my music is on pretty much every major platform, uh, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify. Um, it's not on SoundCloud just yet. Um, I'll, 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 I'll put it on there at some point. But yeah, Amazon, Google Play, really Honestly, one of the best ways to find me is just to go to Google and type in Seth Power. Music. Yeah, you pop right up. I mean, yeah. you're, it's easy to find. It's not like you're like Seth Power from you know Michigan. It's it's Seth Power Music Mississippi. Yeah. So um, good to have you back in studio. Thank best you. of luck to you as you release this deluxe album. We'll mm-hmm. all be waiting on pins and needles. Uh, we're going to go out with your song Casanova, one of Michelle's favorites. She's your number one <laughs> fan, and and hey, I think now Serena and I are too. So thanks for being with us today, yeah, thank Seth. Thank you so much. It was nice. I did want to take a moment to announce the winner to uh, for our big uh, ticket giveaway tonight at the Beau Rivage, Bill Butler of Tupelo. Congratulations. You are the winner of our Engelbert Humperdinck tickets for tonight's performance at the Beau Rivage. Thanks for calling in, Bill. All right, we want to thank you, our listeners, for traveling with us and thank all of our guests for joining us today here on Next Stop Mississippi. If you missed part of the show or you want to hear past episodes, visit mpbonline.org slash nextstop and listen to our podcast. Next Stop Mississippi is produced by Michelle McAdoo. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy.